0: I think that even every single interaction you're having with customers and prospects, and on every single search, when you look at your competitors and at the market, you realize the potential and the value that you bring on the table. That for me is enough for continuing to push through.
1: Welcome to Manktas Nation.
0: A podcast for dynamic and driven
2: individuals where we talk about outsourcing, business, entrepreneurship, technology, and opportunities.
1: Hey guys, it's Faye from Mantas. Don't miss great stories and advice from our guests and our hosts, Jackie DeMink and Walter Galvaro. only here at Mantas Nation.
2: Hello everyone, Um, welcome to the show. Our guest for today is another interesting guest. He is the founder of Helpful Docs, a managed network of pre-screen technical writers with SaaS and API experience that provide knowledge base, help video, product guides, and all the other helpful documents that users need for their business or organization. And aside from that, he's also an enthusiastic in giving advice to startups about sales and growth. So without further ado, listen, listeners, please help us welcome our guest for today, Akis Laupo. Um, Hey, Akis, how are Hi. you? Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, and thank you for having me.
2: Thank you. Thank you for for being here. So let's start off with a very basic question. And we'd like to know, uh, you know a bit about yourself.
0: So um, basically, um, my startup path uh kind of like started in uh, uh around 2012 so i uh, i founded a b2b saas back then uh and and i didn't have any experience with b2b saas and i didn't have any experience with ai it was b 2 b2b saas with ai for hotel bookings um so uh it was a very difficult a very very difficult um uh you know decision and it was a very difficult process as well because I had to learn how to build a company, how to build, um, you know, a team, how to do sales, how to do everything. And I raised four hundred and eighty thousand dollars from a VC back then. So um, there was also the, the issue of no, not the issue, but like the the let's say the chapter of learning how to raise money, how to manage investors and investor expectations, and all of that. And so it was a bit too much learning. So um, we failed with my co-founders, we failed on on a few of those. And so the company didn't continue after the first three years. So um, from 2015 until recently, I've been working with a number of uh, mostly B2B SaaS companies and I've been helping them with growth and sales. I've led Uh, several teams like joint teams that were working on revenue basically because it comes down to revenue Um, and uh, I've also acted as an an advisor uh, but not part of the team as an external advisor to several startups and so um, during the last mostly I would say the last two to three years after working with a number of teams I kind of like realized that um, sales is not so much of a huge problem, like if you know how to do it, if you hire the right people, if you know the strategies and everything, it can be done. Um, on the other side, growth tactics and, and stuff like that, um, they there's a lot of knowledge, there are a lot of expertise, a lot of experts out there, but when it comes to product and product documentation, um, there was a gap in the market. So that's what led me to the creation of the company and i can tell you more details of course uh about how specifically you know what exactly did we did we see as an opportunity here for creating this company but uh, that's kind of like the high level description fantastic
1: i I love the journey and 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 i love how proud you're talking about how your first one failed (laughs) right uh, it's 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 actually and and it's a thing, right? Like people that are serial entrepreneurs. I mean, it's okay to have a couple of quote unquote failures, but but you learn a lot from it, right? So when when you started, i let's say your third business now, I guess. Um, wh- what learnings are you bringing along from that 2012 B2B SaaS business in AI? What did you carry over, and and what are you doing differently because of it?
0: That's a very good question. So uh, I would say that the the biggest learning has to do with um, operations, which was not my strength. Um, So managing teams, managing people, managing processes. um, So that would be the most important aspect, how you hire, how you fire, and how you manage people. Um, And then how you layer on top of, of that workflows and operational processes that enable people to do their best work. And the and without losing focus and and being able to manage this efficiently without burning out and um you know uh, d- uh like just sustainably having to do uh, sorry uh, continuously having to do an unsustainable level of, um, of work so that was a, a huge lesson and and after that opportunity in, during between 2015 and 2021. I actually had the opportunity to work with several founders, and I, I realized that each founder is excellent. I mean, at least the founders that can make it happen, they can make it work. They're excellent in some skills. Not like no one is great at everything, but th- there are like sales-led founders, the ones that are very strong in sales. There are tech-led founders that are very strong in technology, and and they it's like they they grow through that skill. Um, there are a number of other like, types of skills. And so by working with different people and having the opportunity to work very closely with founders that were excellent at operations, um, which was my weak kind of like thing, um, skill set, then I, I feel that that was the, the biggest, um, you know, the biggest lesson that I'm carrying forward. Phenomenal.
1: And and now your your current um, your st- current business, right? Uh, how old is Helpful Docs? So it's just one year. Uh, a one yeah. year old company. Uh, let's maybe learn a little bit about that if that's possible, and maybe start with what problem are you solving?
0: Yeah. So basically, uh, going back to the to the origins of what led to the creation of Helpful Docs. So. Initially, um, I was helping a number of B2B SaaS uh, teams and for some teams, documentation uh, is equally important to basically the product itself. So if it's a complex product, there's a learning curve. People don't understand how to use the product and, and it takes time for someone to understand how to get value from the product. You need to have documentation that is suitable like checking the box of just having documentation without going any deeper and just having the basic, just a few screenshots, that's okay. But in most cases, it's not good enough because users expect certain things and you have to have the right documentation. So as I was working with those uh, P2B SaaS teams, I I was tasked with finding uh, people that could actually help us shape our documentation strategy. So how do we write the right documentation? What is right documentation? Should it be long? Should it be short? What combination of articles should we have? Do we use videos? Do we not use videos? All of that. And then I was talking to a number of companies in the industry because it's not something new. It's not unique. Like there are probably hundreds or not thousands of companies in this space in the technical writing space, but there's a lot like the vast majority they're working on enterprise uh, solutions so they work with you know i don't know like ikea or that sort of level of companies and so their processes their minimum um minimum project value and so on they they are not suitable for uh for SaaS businesses which most of them they're not like multi-billion dollar uh, companies so that was the first issue and the second issue is that they don't understand SaaS and apis so the people that are able to to write um, good documentation, are the people that have worked in SaaS teams and they've supported, you know, either they've worked on the customer success side of things or the customer support side of things or the dev teams. Um, so they, they need to have some experience. So I found that there's very limited experience. There's a lot of people, that, there are a lot of people that know how, you know, how to write a user guide, but that's not enough. So. Um, we were talking to several companies, and it was always the same thing: either too expensive or no idea how to do this. Plus, there is also the issue of knowing the tools. So, for example, in the startup ecosystem, um, you know, uh, it's, there are a number of tools which are kind of like commonly used. For example, Slack. So, if you hire someone and they don't know your te- your, your tech stack, they are not familiar with the tools. Apart from learning what the company does and how it works, they also have to learn the tools that you use, which is an additional learning curve. So being familiar with the tech stack that most B2B SaaS um, and API-first companies use, that was also a big gap. So I, I was ready for a change. I had accumulated a lot of experience at that point, and I said... It seems there's a gap in the market, and so if I'm the if I'm searching th- that actively and I can't find the solution, then probably others are searching as well. And uh, I w- I wasn't proven wrong, so I, w- I was very happy that we actually did that project and we searched because it led to the creation of Helpful Docs.
2: Nice. I like how you say that. Yeah, you were you know filling filling in the gap. So Helpful Docs is filling in that type of gap, just like we started. We're also filling filling in a gap that we saw that needed to be built. And uh, what I just wanted to to ask as well, despite the challenges and that you have faced, Akis, and like the the failure that you you had in the past, what has kept you motivated? to to push through and like you mentioned earlier that there should be like there are hundreds of companies that probably offer the same type of services but what keeps you motivated um i think
0: that that's a good question because you can lose motivation especially when things go down uh when the you know you didn't manage to, to reach the milestone that you wanted to reach. And then it's, it take, it's taking much longer, for example. So there are a lot of reasons why people would lose motivation. But I think that if on every single interaction you're having with customers and prospects and on every single search, when you, when you look at your competitors and at the market, you realize the, the potential and the value that you bring on the table. um, that for me is enough for, you know, keep continuing to push through if I start seeing that what we have to offer as a team um, is not that different from what others are offering already, and they are established players and so on and so on, then at that point, I would start feeling a bit weird about uh you know what we're doing so there is that theory that execution is above all, so even if you go into a market that has a thousand competitors, if you execute. You know, uh, if you're the best at execution, you're going to actually have a, an advantage compared to the others. But I think here it's not about execution. It's about actually creating, um, offering a combination of things that are not available in the market, or it's very, very difficult to find them if they, you know, if someone needs to find something like this.
1: And, and I do have a couple of follow-up questions on, on what you just mentioned, right? So so you your clients, so, so correct me if I'm wrong, your clients are B2B SaaS providers, yes, yeah. right? That that want, that want are not your billion-dollar companies. They want to have tech writing down for the tech that they are creating, especially if it's API-based, uh, and that's where you come in with all your technical expertise, but also your business expertise, and you build a team that does exactly yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Now... Um, how do you scale that up? how do like you're now one year into business right how I mean, tell us a little bit about your growth journey and and where do you see yourself in a couple of years as well right? It's very interesting for 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 our listeners to understand like an entrepreneur like yeah. yourself how you start something out of nothing and how where you are today and but also where you think you'll be by by the next year.
0: Yeah. So, right now, we're just, uh, approaching the 50th, uh, customer. So, um, now with 50 customers is not a, <laughs> a crazy number, but, um, I'm, I'm a true believer in, in taking it slow in the beginning to make sure that you don't hyper grow. One of the ma- major mistakes as a sales and growth person that I did in previous roles and previous businesses I've created, was that I was going out there talking to leads, generating demand, closing customers without the necessary product or service or infrastructure operations behind, and then it was a complete collapse. Um, so I, this time with the experience, I'm actually taking it slower uh, and I'm, I'm just very gradually reaching out to new companies and and taking it very slow so that we we reach a point which is now the point where we've fine-tuned all the details were beyond um the mvp version of uh helpful docs so now we're ready to actually start talking to a lot more companies because it's um there are no there are not that many unknowns anymore um, so it's pretty predictable Companies that work with us are happy. We've never lost a customer. Companies that have worked with us in the past—I um, mean, th- we did one project, and then there's—they um, th- stick with us because they th- they see the value and they want to stay with us. So, I think that now we're ready to, you know, go to the next step. So, and um, so I'm actually convinced. I don't think I I made it sound like I'm not sure. <laughs> um, now in terms of the goals of uh, next steps uh for next year or, ne- or next two years so I think that because we're basically uh tech enabled productized service um so we uh, our focus like we, we need to double down on the things that we do really well and outsource as much the the things that are not a core part of our work so for example um there is the uh, there are two things which are core elements for us and that are going to enable us to grow. So one thing is recruiting. So we have to actually productize recruiting to the point where it becomes near frictionless. And we haven't done that yet. So it takes a bit of energy still like human time to, um, you know, kind of do a few things. And the, the second thing is actually going a bit deeper in our own tech stack so that we can integrate with much more, um, tools when it comes to publishing the content so that we have less manual tasks. So, um, once we do this, I think that any scalability bottlenecks would be completely removed. And then it's up to us, um, as a team. I mean, me as a founder, but as a team in, in general to, to reach whatever level, you know, we want to reach. Now, but I as a general high level comment with regards to growth, so this is a lifestyle business for me, so I'm not uh, planning to actually go for like a VC round. I, I went through down that route, and I know how it is. If at some point we're ready to take on investment, for example, for going for doing a next milestone that would be you know with more founder friendly type of um financial uh, partners so there are a lot of in the market right now which are not going for like the unicorn and billion dollar status but you know we would never we would never go down that route
2: Join us as we change the game of global outsourcing. A platform for businesses to connect and collaborate. A space specially designed for you. You can sign up as a vendor for free only here at Mangtas. Your trusted marketplace for business services. Join us now at www.mangtas.com.
1: It sounds like you're talking from experience. uh, the Founder friendly financial <laughs> providers, it sounds, like you're, yes. it sounds like you have some very high bar uh, based on what you said. And you, you touched upon a couple of very interesting topics, right? Uh, I admire the discipline of taking a step back to set the foundation to then move fast based on that, as opposed to moving too fast too quickly. Clearly, again, something you learned with experience. Um, and another thing, and I think this is we can shift gears towards this direction is. Um, a, a motto that we always have is do what you do best, outsource the rest. Right. Yep. Um, and, and, and you mentioned recruitment is something you want to, is a core of what you do. Keep that in house, your tech, keep that in house. Right. Uh, that, as I've understood you correctly, yep. that's co- core to mm-hmm. your business, core to your operations and everything else is something you could easily do much more cost effectively and actually better. Um, by by working with the right partners, right? And and have you figured out what those areas are already? Have you figured out what you would be outsourcing mm. um, versus what you'll be doing? Yeah, we know what you'll keep in house, but have you figured out what you would not keep in
0: house? Yeah. So theoretically everything else. Um but that's you know, in theory. Um now, for example. Uh, there are certain things which are like the broader marketing side of things, which has not been that necessary until now and When I say marketing, I mean like you know Google ads, Facebook ads, content marketing and and like th- that component, which we haven 't done a lot of this, but I feel that as we grow and as we mature as a, as a, as a as a service and as a company that we will need to do more of that because it's it 's kind of like a missing piece of our pu- of the puzzle. So there are a lot of skills in there. So from content creation to content distribution to like, which I think are um they can they can very easily be um outsourced but like in a, um in a managed way not outsourcing completely giving it to someone so that someone acts as a like they create the strategy they create the content they distribute i don't i don't I, I don't really believe in outsourcing the strategy I think the strategy and the management should be kept in house and then you outsource the work so um so yeah and and because we work with an international workforce so our technical writers they are from anywhere from Canada the US Mexico Germany France uh, Spain South Africa the Philippines India so you know it's it's like everywhere we have this DNA in house it's just that with the technical writers we're we're we work as a team versus with the others, they would, that would be actual outsourcing, like in, in the sense that w- they would be contractors, not part of the core team.
1: Makes perfect sense, makes perfect sense. And, and, and I would think like, if, if that's not something you've done, the, the, the content digital marketing component is clearly something you, know, uh, you, you could outsource, I feel. Um, going back to an interesting point you made. So you have all these tech writers from all over the world uh, I'm assuming that when you say you recruit them is you you give them full time salaries, they become part of your company. Is that correct? Well, is that how that works or or do they work 50, like 50. or do they work like
0: okay yeah, so some of them they work full time um and basically they are um they are assigned to a number of projects so it's a bit of a similar structure like you know the large consultancies company consulting companies like mckinsey and accenture and all of those where you have uh, a team of people which are assigned to different customers like as accounts and they can be on one big account or three smaller accounts so depending on the complexity and the the workload um yeah but in terms of the the hiring process Everyone is, is hired as an as a contractor, but the relationship is different in term like I mean from a financial and accounting point of view. Um so uh but the, the relationship is different. They are part of the team, we have compensation benefits and, and, and bonuses at the end of the year, so it's it's a different uh different thing.
1: That's that's what I meant. And I guess the point I was getting to was um ultimately your business will thrive if you hire the right writers. Yeah right ultimately that's i mean the technology will be there to enable it streamline it but clearly quote unquote your product is also your 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 writers right yes exactly (laughs) and are the people that you and that's why so i understand where you're coming from with your recruitment okay got it got it got it all right very very interesting so what are
0: your goals for next year akis so for uh, for me, I would be perfectly happy if we double in size. I don't uh, want to go any further than that. So if we end 2022 with 100 customers, that would be great. And then from the following year, I think we can set more uh, ambitious goals. But for now, you know, that, I would be more than happy with that.
2: And then you can start another company. No? <laughs>
0: No, I think everything we, that you've learned. <laughs> no, I think I think we can easily get this company to five hundred <laughs> to seven hundred customers uh, without um, like you know uh, moving into a completely different sphere of, of um, operations and, and financial requirements and so on. So yeah, so but that's uh, at least that's my view right now. I might change.
1: <laughs> and maybe a question I have as well. Uh, so based in your past life, you were advising other startups right and other businesses are you still giving back uh because you, you mentioned it's more of a lifestyle business does it also give you time to do other things beyond or is this all-encompassing uh all-consuming i mean for you this business
0: yeah no in, as a um, like in terms of my professional time uh i that's Fully dedicated to helpful docs, but I do have an open communication with quite a few founders simply because I've been very close to them. And whenever you know, if I can contribute to something, like for example, I have um, I'm involved in some companies in the shareholding uh, as well. So, um, you know, whenever I can contribute on something, but but as an external contributor, like advisor, not not actively undertaking a project and working with them.
2: Okay. Well, Aki's um, maybe one uh, uh, last question before before we go. Considering that it's uh, you know we're almost uh, out of time. You mentioned earlier you had a, a three year old, and now with your with your startup with helpful docs, how do you manage to stay productive with your startup and uh, and the toddler at home?
0: Hmm. (laughs) Um, It's a a bit of a struggle. Um, But I think that, uh, you know, at least the way we've done it is that we've clearly distributed the hours with my wife. Um, And then, you know, I know when I, 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 it's my time with him. And when it's her time uh, with him, and so it's uh, we're we're managing. Uh, It's not the easiest thing in the world to you know build a company while you have a three-year-old, and and obviously um, a two-year-old when I was starting. Uh, So yeah, uh, but um, yeah, but I, I think like it's a it's an interesting challenge because you have to be able at least that's my belief. You you have to be able to to manage more than one thing in your life more than one dimension in your life otherwise it feels like ah no i have a child so i'll focus all my energy on the child that's great but you know it's i think it's better if you can if you if if you have the luxury because i think it's a luxury if you can you know push yourself to achieve more
1: it sounds to me like your your past experience in business and how you learned to be a, a more a better operator and better at operations has been very helpful yes. for the last <laughs> year. Yes, that's true. That's true. It a bit of, a, of operational it management. A very skilled ops person.
0: <laughs> <to>. Operational <laughs> management uh, in the house in the family.
1: Exactly, uh, and and maybe I have a question and maybe something for our listeners as well, uh, Akis. Okay, so. Um, what what advice would you give to, to anyone that is you know uh, starting a business running a business uh, based on your experience what would be like if uh, maybe let me rephrase it if you could speak to yourself uh, I don't know 7-8 years ago what would you tell yourself
0: yeah advice uh, it would be difficult because I think really everyone has a unique path but in terms of talking to myself 7-8 years ago um I was very much into the hype of startups. I was uh I think I, I was one of those people that you would see in all the startup events, the startup conferences have won startup competitions and all of that. Um and I was uh I was attracted by that concept that like you know billion dollar startup from zero to a hundred million and all of that. So I think that as you mature, you you focus on what really matters to you, which is kind of like the the satisfaction and the, the whatever makes you happy. Anyway, within the building company, the company building process, and the rest, it's nice. It's not that it's not nice, but kind of like not that important. When you know, just focus on doing what you know what matters, and the rest is is kind of nice to have. Like back then, I was uh, I felt that you have to be actively part of an ecosystem and engaging with others for succeeding. Not as a, as a nice to have, but as a requirement. So that was a big mistake, I think, because I was devoting a lot of resources and time on that.
1: And uh, I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, focus on what matters. Uh, key takeaway. Thanks a lot, uh, Akis. That was a very, very thank you. Attack. Thank you. Thank you very much. Beautiful. for Beautiful.
2: Akis, I don't know how old you are, but for somebody who looks very young, you sound quite wise.
0: (laughs) No, I'm 39. I became 39 last week, so I'm not that young.
1: (laughs) A wise young man. (laughs)
2: and uh, well a wise young man for today's episode and uh, thank you for listening guys and thank you Akis for joining us today one last thing Akis if you could just please tell our listeners how they can reach you or how they can find Helpful
0: Docs so yeah the, so, the, so to- the best place would be to, uh, to go to HelpfulDocs.com and uh, my email is al at HelpfulDocs.com um, so they can reach me there
2: Fantastic. And are, once again, thank you, Akis. This is Jacqueline de Monk.
1: I'm Wouter Delbare.
2: Stay tuned for the next episode of Mangtas Nation.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Mangtas Nation. Mangtas, the trusted marketplace for business services. To know more about us, follow us on our social media pages. Sign up as a client or sign up as a vendor and be part of this global B2B movement. Join us at www.mantas.com